Welcome. Today, I'd like to introduce you to a new friend of mine named Emmy Vadnes. And she has such an interesting background that I think a lot of yoga therapists and yoga teachers will find interesting. She has been on the leading edge of occupational therapy in a more holistic way. So kind of taking occupational therapy into integrative medicine, which is so interesting because this is very similar to what we as yoga therapists are doing. We're taking yoga into integrative medicine. And so our guest today is someone who's been doing this. She's way ahead of her time. She's been doing this for a long, long time, taking holistic occupational therapy into complementary and integrative health. But the second thing that makes Emmy so interesting is that she has even decided to move, I wouldn't say away from that, but expand beyond that to become a holistic healing intuitive coach. And what that means is that she helps people learn how to listen to their deeper knowing, their intuition for better health, for better relationships, for spirituality. And so she's just coming out with a new book called Intuitive Development. And I think this is really interesting because it really falls squarely into what we do as yoga people, which is help people to get to know them, their true selves and help them connect to something much more deeply, which she's calling intuition. And I believe it should be called intuition, but maybe in yoga, we might have some other words for that. Now in yoga, what's interesting to me, if we go to Patanjali's Yoga Sutra, one of my favorite sutras is Yoga Sutra chapter one, verse seven. And what this sutra talks about is how is it that we can see and know truth and that there's three sources for understanding and discerning the true nature of reality, including our own reality. There are at least three ways to discern the real from the unreal. And those three ways are to listen to scriptural testimony or a trusted guide. That's kind of the one that's furthest out, outside of us. But if it's a trusted person, we can listen to them. And then as we start to develop this deep inner knowing, we come to inference, knowledge obtained through logical reasoning and deduction, making conclusions based on just observing. So that's a little closer inside. And then the third one is what we call pratyaksha or direct perception. And this refers to knowledge acquired through direct experience, using your senses, using your mind, things that are seen and unseen, things that are heard and not heard, touch, smell, taste. And I think when you listen to Emmy today, you're going to see how Yoga Sutra 1.7 plays into what she's calling intuition. Now in this Yoga Sutra, we're moving from outside of ourselves to a deep inner knowing. And that Pratyaksha is the deep inner knowing. It's the direct perception that we can learn to trust. So when you hear her say intuition today, think of Yoga Sutra 1.7. Another kind of overlap that I want you to hear today with respect to building intuition, and I think Emmy is a yogi, maybe she hasn't identified as one professionally, but she's been practicing a long time. 
and she's doing all the same things that we as yoga people do. I think if we go back to Patanjali's Yoga Sutra in the third chapter, chapter 3, verse 26, it's another way that we're tapping into what chapter 3 calls the Siddhi powers, S-I-D-D-H-I, the supernatural powers. And what Patanjali says is that as we engage on a regular basis and really put our mind towards this, we go into more profound states of consciousness and the result, without even trying, is the acquisition of supernatural powers, that they are a byproduct of our spiritual practice. Now, Patanjali warns, don't get attached to these because they are just this thing that happens. And if you start thinking you're big and mighty because you've got these superpowers, it's not going to end well for you. So Patanjali is very clear, but the whole third chapter of Patanjali's Yoga Sutra is kind of like a, some people say a warning, like, okay, here's all the amazing things that will happen when you deeply, deeply connect to yourself. And other people would say, well, that's not necessarily a caution. That's not a warning. That's just to say, here's how the path tends to unfold so that you know you're on the path. So specifically, when we look at the third chapter, verse 26, it's a sutra about gaining knowledge of all the different things in the world by meditating on the sun. So here, Patanjali is kind of referring to that it's through this meditation on the sun that you can work towards a deep intuition where you're going to have that direct perception that Patanjali talks about in chapter one, verse seven, and that when you do this on a regular basis, you will gain insight into these various realms or worlds, which are not accessible to ordinary perception. So I find that kind of fascinating. And I think this is what Emmy and I talk about in the interview, what do you come to know? What do you come to understand? What is the new vista that you have as you connect more and more deeply inside of yourself? So I am very happy to introduce you to Emmy and her new book, Intuitive Development. And also, I want to give you the opportunity to join us for the 12 Days of Yoga Nidra. It's a free Kajabi course that we offer to anyone who wants to take it through our Optimal State Yoga School. And it's through these 12 days of Yoga Nidra that you can start to go inward, that you can start to connect deeply into yourself. It's a type of meditation practice. So we invite you to join us for the 12 days of Yoga Nidra. And if you ever wanted to become a facilitator, we have a six-month facilitator course to help you create Yoga Nidra recordings, not only for yourself, but for others. So I'll put all that in the show notes. And now I'd like you to meet my new friend and colleague, Emmy Fadness. Welcome to the Yoga Therapy Hour. My name is Amy Wheeler, and I'm your host. The Yoga Therapy Hour is here to support you on your mental, emotional, and spiritual journey. We talk about things like nervous system regulation, spiritual connection, how to be more involved in your community, how to communicate well, how to manage your mental health. There are so many things that we are excited to share with you in season five of the Yoga Therapy Hour podcast, and we hope that you will share it with your friends, family, colleagues. 
All right, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Yoga Therapy Hour, Emmy. So nice to have you here today. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me, Amy. It's a pleasure to be with you today. So where on the planet are you located? I always like to kind of place people so that the listeners can kind of understand where you live. I am in St. Paul, Minnesota, which is the twin of Minneapolis. So sometimes known as the Twin Cities here in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. The capital of Minnesota. Not everybody knows that. <laughs> Minnesota. And That's then right. <laughs> betcha. You, you betcha. betcha. <laughs> Many of the listeners already know that I am moving very near to you. My parents live in South Minneapolis, and I'm going to be moving a little bit south of Minneapolis. So I hope to meet you in person in the next year. That would be really fun. We will definitely connect. Absolutely. So, Emmy, you have a new book out called Intuitive Development, How to Trust Your Inner Knowing for Guidance with Relationships, Health, and Spirituality. So what drew you to write a book on intuition? Well, it was quite a process. I began listening to my intuition. We all have intuition just to start out with. It's I'm not special in that regard, and that's partly why I wrote the book. Our big reason why I wrote the book is just to encourage people to listen to it more. The process of writing it, like most things in life when you have accomplished something like that, is years in the making. So the short answer is that I started teaching intuitive development classes in 2006 after various trainings with my own intuitive development. And I recognized the connection between intuition and health wellness and prevention of disease and illness. And I saw how my life was being greatly improved by listening to my intuition. From those courses, I started teaching continuing education courses to healthcare professionals and got really deeply into the science and the research of holistic and what's now sometimes referred to as integrative health, which has formerly frequently been known as complementary and alternative medicine. And my intuitive development class syllabus grew to about 50 pages when I started teaching a class for healthcare professionals called The Power of the Mind and Healing. And I thought, this is really not a syllabus anymore. This is turning into a booklet that really should be a book. And so that's how I began in that journey. And then I wrote for about three years, almost every day. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. That's why I haven't written a book. I just can't even imagine. And, you know, I have lots of friends that have written books and the commitment and the dedication it takes to really hone your ideas down to manageable chunks where people can understand them. I'm just in awe when I hear someone say they wrote every day for three years. Well, it's definitely, it was a, you know, people talk about perhaps a calling or a divine guidance. I felt compelled. I felt I had mm. to do it. And so in a certain way, I would just sit down and I felt in a certain way to even kind of wrote itself. I would just listen and feel into using my intuition, which is one of the ways that intuition can be developed is through creativity. And also when you listen to your intuition, your creativity can grow more. So it was a very creative process creating the book that way. That sounds like the way I'd like to write that spirit is kind of moving through you or maybe your intuition is moving through you onto the paper. That's beautiful. Thank you. What would you say is the main gist of the book? I know that it's a pretty large book. It has so many details, but what is the gist of how do we build stronger intuition? 
Well, the gist of it is, I mean, just to answer, so I wrote a whole book, so, you know, I can certainly give a little summary, but the book really gets into various exercises. So you and I are having a conversation about intuition, but those you and I, while we're having this conversation, we're listening to our intuition. We're listening to the tone of each other's voices. The people listening are using their intuition. Do I want to keep listening to this? And so we can talk about intuition and we're using our intuition in this conversation, but really the book certainly describes it and it gives the science and the research it supports how intuition is a component that we all have, that it's not just uh, wishful thinking. It really can guide us in our lives. And so in the book, I provide many different activities and exercises that help a person know how they intuit And to build that relationship with your intuition and to have trust and confidence with it going forward. You know, so many people have those moments where they look back in life and think, ah, I should have known better. Or maybe think about a time in your life when you did accomplish something or you did make a decision. And that's where I think really intuition can shine also is with decision-making and you knew it was the right thing for you. So for me, I became an occupational therapist. I also got a degree in psychology and those decisions were really solid for me. And so when you have those experiences in life, you can look back on those situations and think and feel into really using all of your senses. How did I know? You know, that's what we can think of a definition of intuition is your inner knowing, your inner wisdom, your soul's wisdom. Some refer to it as that still small voice within. So that's why several of the exercises I provide help you to quiet your mind. And so you can really sense, is it a gut feeling? Did I have a dream? Do I dream? Some people even have precognitive experiences. And I've had a few of those in my life, which is why I really dialed into my intuition. I thought, wait, what's going on here? And I want to understand this and I want to harness this more. I don't want it to just happen randomly or sporadically, or I don't want to be guessing when my intuition is accurate or not. So I really actively developed it with a teacher. So you can use all of your senses to connect with your intuition and everybody is different on which ones are stronger for them. Some people really have a strong feeling. It's called clairescence or a knowing. Some people are very empathic and can pick up on other people's feelings and emotions. For others, it's that they might hear messages or perhaps you're very sensitive to picking up on synchronicities or signs or messages. And so there's various ways that we can intuit. And throughout the book, I provide different exercises. I kind of give a smorgasbord really because everyone's different on what they might gravitate towards. So while you can read the book cover to cover, you can also skip around and find which ones really resonate with you. And I also have most of those like guided imagery, meditation, relaxation techniques, some creative, even art projects in there. Not all, but most of those are recorded on my YouTube channel for free as well. Okay. There were so many questions I wanted to interrupt you (laughs) and pull apart, but we have a full hour to do this. So the first one that's on my mind that I hear people talking about all the time and the, the people that I work with, I watch how they listen to their intuition or what they think is their intuition and then the actions they take and the results they get. Mm-hmm. And I have to say a lot of the people I work with, I feel like they're not listening to their intuition. They're listening to their past habitual 
thinking patterns that are a result of trauma, trauma bonded to doing the same thing they've always done. And then they say, oh, my intuition. So can we just pull that apart a little bit? Because to me, that's the biggest fear I have is I can't tell people it's not their intuition and I don't even know that it isn't, but there are times where it just feels like, oh goodness, please don't go there. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, really great point. And so that's one of the aspects of intuition and just our consciousness, really. I mean, with intuition, we're really talking about our consciousness. And to me, I look at it as synonymous with truth, your higher self. Some people might refer to it as God or angels. And I do believe that the more that we are in a state of unconditional love, and regard for ourselves and others, that we are really in that state of intuition. So and I know that sounds like a high ideal, but I do believe that that's a significant reason why we're all here on earth is to be more loving and kind to ourselves and others. So I think you bring up a really good point. And I do address that in my book that it's really a process of uncovering the layers to where your intuition resides. And it's sort of a misnomer, I think, to say intuitive development in a certain way, because the truth is we are all intuitive. It's just that, like you said, with trauma, grief, conditioning, certain belief patterns, habitual thinking that we have, worrying, doubting, judgment, fear, all those components can overlay onto our intuition. Now, sometimes fear is our intuition and we do need to listen to that. And that's where discernment comes in. And that's why it's so important to really let yourself sink into exercises. Like I know you teach, I'm sure in your great yoga programs, Amy, to really settle in. You know, there's a beautiful quote I put in my book from the Tao Te Ching. Can you be quiet enough and let the mud settle in the water of your mind until you can see clearly. And in fact, those who are listening who are familiar with Vipassana, which is a Buddhist form of meditation, which has gotten really popularized with John Kabat-Zinn, which is now really known as mindfulness here in the West, that Vipassana actually means clear seeing. So that's also synonymous. You know, when we talk about Samadhi and yoga, we're really getting into that state of being. So all that said is that we all have belief patterns about ourselves, about the world, about organizations, about political parties, about what we should or shouldn't do or what other people should or shouldn't do based on our experiences. And some of those can be accurate. And some of those are distorted thoughts. And some of that could also be that we've had suffered abuse or neglect. And so I do believe that there's a real symbiotic relationship between healing and connecting more deeply with your intuition. In fact, I think it's necessary and paramount in order to really do that consistently. Certainly you can connect with your heart. You can take a nice little breath in and out and just connect with the part of you that's loving, kind, and compassionate. Maybe think of sweet little furry animals, you know, puppies or kitties or your own pets, maybe your loved ones to really connect with that part of you that can step back from judging others and yourself. And then you're able to see more clearly. And as you take whatever steps they are, either self-help methods with a therapist or a coach, or maybe through one of your wonderful programs, Amy, with yoga or reading my book or whatever you choose to do, or maybe a combination thereof, that you're going to be more kind and gentle with yourself you're going to be more loving with yourself. 
And you're going to discover through practice real world examples of, okay, I've got this meditation practice now. I know that I tend to be more of a feeling person and maybe I have dreams. So you could even have an intention that you're going to have a dream about a problem in your life and allow a dream to come forward. Or one of my favorite methods is actually I've made my own intuitive cards and my spiritual intuitive teacher, Betty Ann Ertwine, gave me permission to teach others how to do that method. It's a beautiful art process. It's very similar to tarot. And you can ask questions and pull a card and allow it to speak to you and work with symbols and images so that you can cut through the parts of you that might be worrying or over analytical about a particular topic in your life. Then you can take what your intuition has shown you and then you can take steps in the real world and take action and see how it plays out. And for me, over and over and over again, it's been consistently accurate. When I really take the steps to pause and to really connect within minimum, I mean, I think it's good to do some training and yoga meditation or some type of practice where you're able to consistently get more quiet and still. And then you can allow that real world experience to show you, okay, and validate this is when I know I'm listening to my intuition. That dream was correct or that card really showed that to me. And so I've worked now with thousands of people who I've guided them with their intuition. And so I've had the benefit of having a front row seat to seeing how it's positively impacted people's lives. And that's why the subtitle of my book is for health, relationships, spirituality, meaning and purpose. If you're finding that, you know, I'm not really sure what I should be doing in life or I'm feeling really apathetic and depressed. So this can help you connect with that joy. Why you've come here to this earth? What gives you meaning and joy? So there's many applications with it. All right. So I'm just going to summarize that very briefly. It sounds to me that we need to get very relaxed into our parasympathetic nervous system, draw ourselves inward, step back from the judgment of self and others, get into a space where we're feeling kind and gentle and loving and then listen. Yeah. I mean, ideally, I think it's good to have a regular practice doing that. And then on the fly, you can listen to your intuition more because the truth is we're getting messages all the time from our intuition. It's really our soul's guidance. It's just that we tend to dismiss it. We tend to question it and doubt it. And Jesus had it right, in my opinion, that doubt will sink you. So in my experience with intuition, working with countless people where I've done energy healing, which the fundamental component of energy healing is intuition. When I step out of the way of, you know, why am I seeing this image? Why am I hearing this message with this person? When I followed it and I say to the person, I just want to let you know that for some reason I'm seeing apples right now and I'm not really sure what that means, but I think that there's something that could be really helpful for you. Like, do you like to bake? Were you recently at an orchard? Oh my gosh, Emmy, I was just at an orchard last week and I got these apples and I went to bake them with my mother. We had a fight and a disagreement, but it's been really weighing on my heart. Mm -hmm. So I've had countless experiences of that. And so you can too. And it's just following it and seeing what happens. And you will discover that it's going to lead you in a better path in life. I got the great pleasure of interviewing a person named Rob Schwartz, who has worked with people with accessing, I believe it's 
their lives before coming to this earth or kind of in between lives. And he's worked with so many people where he's discovered, and also another person, Christian Sundberg, who I interviewed him and we talked about pre-birth memories. He recalls his pre-birth memories. And Christian Sundberg talks about, he recalls that there was sort of like this chart, if you will, this diagram of these possibility tree of what could happen in life. Now, again, this brings up the question of free will versus divine will, you know, what is predetermined, how much, you know, destiny and and free will kind of questions. And he was suggesting that in his experience that there was a probability of what could happen in his life, but it depended on his choices. And so Mm -hmm. I think that what I've come to conclusion here in this moment, I may change my thoughts on this, but right now I feel like intuition is like if you had plan A, B, C, D, all the way down to Z or further of the choices you could make in life, I do believe that when you connect with your intuition, I believe that's plan A. So meaning that it's going to connect you the most with the experiences that are in alignment with your own soul's purpose. It's going to bring you joy of how you're meant to serve that will give you peace and so forth. And you know, that's idealistic. We have experiences and we learn from them. So I recognize that all of us are going to always pick choice A. However, when we pick choice D or T or whatever, we can learn from that, pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off and get back to, okay, I'm going to connect back with my intuition so that I can, you know, make these choices and have things be a little bit more in the flow or a lot more in the flow for myself and those in my life. When I hear you talk, I really feel this is a big part of what we're doing in yoga and yoga therapy is getting to know our true nature, our true self. We might call that Purusha or Atman. You know, it's the same thing. And you have processes in your book to help get there. And yoga has very similar ways to get there. In what you said, I love that you're saying, make a decision try to listen to your intuition, but then go back and look and see what happened. The 2020 hindsight, Mm -hmm. because recently I had something that I really, really thought I was guided by that. It was deep inside me. And it was this feeling that I had, and I went for it and it didn't actually work out. And I had to like, take a step back then and be like, what just happened? How was I so wrong? I felt so right. And what I've come to in the last few weeks, as I've been analyzing this with 2020 hindsight, is I had a lot of attachment. Mm, I was right. rushing, right? I had a lot of attachment. I was rushing. I wanted to get it done. And it's not that this thing that I'm moving towards isn't a good thing to happen, but I layered on a lot of impulsivity and a lot, you know. So that's the other thing, right? That you could actually be going in the right direction, but there's other things that kind of cloud you. And it is good to look back with that 2020 hindsight and try to learn and say, oh, okay, that intuition was right, but the way I implemented it wasn't actually that great. Yeah. So when you look back on that experience, Amy, what did you learn about yourself and your intuition from that experience? I know you mentioned, you said you felt like you were rushing and had attachment. Is there anything else? that you learned? Yeah. I think for me, my plan A is this dharmic. Is this within what I'm here to do with family, friends, my work? And it is dharmic, but just the way I approached it, where I was taking so much control and pushing and forcing that ruined it. 
So I think, you know, I had the good intuition and it was dharmic plan A, but I didn't let the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, my deeper, higher self, I didn't let them run the show and kind of like as the observer, like, wow, this is fun. Let's do this. Cause I was too impatient. I jumped in and ran the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that there's an element of, are we looking at the whole picture? I had a similar experience years ago where I was in a transition in my life and I chose to rent an office space and the location felt right to me. And I thought, oh my gosh, after leaving the hospital, I could totally help this population. It was within a center. But in hindsight, I realized that there was some support for what I was doing, but I didn't fully see the whole picture about it was just that there were other practitioners who were looking in after their own practices and it just didn't come together the way that I thought it would and the way that I knew that I could help people. And I was very disappointed. However, I learned a lot in that experience. So I think we also need to be gentle with ourselves and same with you, Amy, so we can recognize that there's learnings that happen in those experiences. And I also think another component with intuition is aligning with intention, but also with an intention that is for our highest good and greatest joy and all of those concerned as well. And once we really can connect with our intention, like you have Amy beautifully in your life and look at what all you've created and all the people you've trained in our training and how they've gone on to help hundreds and thousands of people themselves, that what you want to manifest can grow in leaps and bounds in greater ways than maybe you had ever even recognized. So I think that first and foremost, it's getting really clear on what do I even want? And is that in alignment? Like you said, Dharmic, is that in alignment with my soul's purpose and my gifts and what will bring me joy and others joy? And so are you saying that the way to differentiate between these deep intuitive insights versus like kind of more impulsive, like, oh, I listened to my own intuition today and it told me to do this. How do you differentiate? between those? Well, again, yeah, I think that awareness. So I think that you and I having this conversation and thank you for sharing your story about how you thought it was the right thing, but that you were rushing it. And I think that there are times that that is accurate and we do need to expedite something. And that's where having a regular practice of being able to get some quiet time to observe your own thoughts and even become aware of them. Because when you can step back and stop identifying with thoughts, emotions, judgments, worry, and so forth, that is your higher self. The part that steps back, right? the unconditional loving part, the part that recognizes we are all one, even though we have our diversity and each one of us has our own unique skills and gifts and so forth. So that you can start to kind of detach from the patterns that may or may not be accurate because sometimes they are accurate. Like I said, the one that often trips people up is fear. They might have fear of something or they might want to do something, but they have fear around it or there's something getting in their way or they're self-sabotaging. And that's where false beliefs even about ourselves often get in the way. And I painted a heart, this heart on the cover of my book, I actually painted it. And I put that on the cover of my book because I really do believe it's a journey into our own heart in that the 20 years now that I've been helping people with my own journey in the healing arts is that it's often a journey to self-love. And when we are 
at war with ourselves inside of ourselves? How well are we going to actually truly listen to what's best for us or actually follow through with it? And so I think that the more that we can, again, heal those wounds, that that will help to connect with that. So your question is, sure, somebody's listening and thinking, well, I'm just trying to follow my intuition, decide what I should do this weekend. And so my best advice right now is really to feel into what would feel the best to you that is joyful, loving, and healthy for you and those involved. And, you know, I'll take myself as an example here that I have been working on a lot of projects. And the other night I just thought, you know, I really can turn my phone off for a couple of hours. It's really okay if I'm not accessible by text for a couple of hours, you know, little things like that so that we can be able to kind of come down from the fast paced living. And even, you know, God bless all the app creators. And I know that they've really helped a lot of people. I think sometimes people think, oh, I can just quickly listen to a five minute meditation and then I'm all good. And I think there's truth to that. However, you want to have a foundation and a regular practice so that you can more on the fly listen to that. And again, going back to those decisions you've made in your life where you knew it was the right thing, you did it, you followed through, and it turned out to really serve you and others well in your life. And for me, that was one of them that I think of is getting a college degree and taking the path that I have, even though it's been a bit of a roller coaster at times, but that's how I've been meant to serve and develop myself is to take a more scenic route and find new information that isn't really in the mainstream healthcare and help bring that to a larger group, which is why I'm grateful to talk with you here today, Amy, as well. Everything you're saying, I have like five questions, but I'm going to shut down some of my curiosity and try to stay on track. Ask as many as you want. I'm happy to answer. (laughs) I just feel like the interview will go in all these directions. So what I really need to do is think about what's going to benefit our listeners instead of just my curiosity. So I'm hoping we can also satisfy your curiosity too. (laughs) All right. But you talked earlier about the different senses. Claire sentient. Is that what you said? Claire essence. Clear essence. I don't think I've heard that one. Clear sentience, I think would be clear knowing. Clear essence is clear feeling, I believe. Is that actually like a kinesthetic feeling in our bodies? Because that's what I feel I have. Yeah, I, definitely. I think a lot of empaths thoughts, have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think thoughts. I don't hear voices. I don't see angels. My body is mm-hmm. like a tuning fork. Yes. And if I just tune into my body, I know exactly what to do with the exception of me trying to override everything and be in control. Um, But that's usually my body is telling me that too. I go into chronic pain immediately. So, Mm -hmm. but the feelings I have inside, and it's interesting that you say it's usually around kindness, gentility, lovingness, unconditional love. I feel a loving vibration within. So would you say that's my intuition? Oh, definitely. Yes. Our bodies can be, are very much an instrument. Absolutely. Our bodies are a form of the best word that some of us can kind of come up with now is energy, that it's a frequency, a vibration. And so when we are, you know, the word harmony, when we're in the flow, we feel at our best usually. You know, people want to have certain experiences because it feels good. People want to drink their latte because it tastes good or they want to go to a concert because it makes them feel relaxed and pleasurable, you know, depending on your interests. And so absolutely, I think that's a beautiful, thank you, Amy, a beautiful example of how you can use your own 
felt sense to know what feels right. There's even methods of using applied kinesiology. You can actually do that with yourself and it takes a little bit to develop that, but where somebody can do muscle energy testing with you to see if your body goes strong or weak based on a thought. Sometimes people use it for supplements, foods that you eat. So you can actually, and Amy, and I think you and I are both good examples of this. You can develop your own inner knowing through that process of like, if you're at the grocery store, you know, is this something that's good for my body or good for my mind and soul. And if you're listening and thinking, oh, well, I don't want to take all that time, you know, to do all this. I promise you that as you find how it's benefiting you, you're going to want to cultivate it more and harness it more because it just makes life better. (laughs) A simple way to also do this is to think about something in your life that you're pondering, like choice A or choice B. And think about choice A and notice if you kind of lean toward it away from it, or if you kind of are neutral and then do that also with choice B. The thing is, is that it's kind of like fast food versus like going to the farmer's market or, you know, even having your own organic garden or going out and getting, you know, at a CSA or something like that, or cooking from a CSA is that you kind of have to slow down with all of this to really pick up on these subtle senses, which actually are quite profound. It's just that we need to kind of calm some of that static or I kind of like to think about it as the old radio stations with the dial where you'd have static. And when you get on the radio station, there's no static anymore. And so we need to take a breath or several breaths and get into that state. So that's a really perfect example, Amy. It's so funny that you said this. I didn't remember this going into this interview, but basically I have a joke with my husband and my best friends called ask the fingies, the fingers. <laughs> and so I just put my finger like this in a little circle. And then I take the other one and I just press, like I ask a question and press. Oh, cool. It doesn't lie. So even as we've been talking, I've said, should I ask her this question? And then I do my little, it's kinesiology, right? Applied kinesiology. Yes. But I just don't think about it too much. I just do the fingies and I say yes or no. But now it's to the point where my friends and family, they know that I'm going to be doing it like under the table. So they'll look at me and be like, what do the fingers say? That is awesome. I do a similar one. That is intuition though. That is intuition. You're exactly right. That is completely. And thank you for bringing that up. Well, before I mention this, I was just going to say that sometimes people want to get like a yes, no answer with intuition. And I just want to encourage people that sometimes a yes isn't always 100%. Sometimes it's 80%. There's a lot in life that comes down to timing. So there might be something like, Amy, something that you were wanting to have happen. And it might be that just wasn't the right time. Or maybe other things need to coalesce for it to take shape, for it to really form in your life the best way and serve you and others well. There's one where I do circles and I interlock them. And I will pull, you know, show me yes, show me no, no, it breaks. And so you can feel into basically, is my energy stronger or does it go weaker? And again, this can take a little bit to develop. A friend of mine does a diving board, which I haven't been able, I haven't mastered that one. <laughs> Would you say these all fall into kind of the body category, the the sensing feeling or not necessarily? I think it does. I also think it falls into the energy consciousness. So sure, I think that to kind of make it simple for people, it's so interesting because I think of energy as a continuum. You know, we have like consciousness, which is non-local and is everywhere. So, you know, we tend to think, sure, you're there and I'm here, 
but also we are interconnected and our bodies are just a little bit of a different frequency of thoughts, emotions, feelings, which also have a lot of power as well. So I would say that sure, it's the body, but I would also say it's energy because you're connecting into the frequency of that thought, of that consciousness, of that feeling, of everything that what you're wanting to get insight and guidance about is connected to. So can you tell us about a time where you listened to your intuition? And even if somebody else thought that was like a bad decision or didn't understand it, that like you just knew And then looking back with the 2020 hindsight, you're really glad that you listened to yourself and trusted yourself. (laughs) I would say moving in with my now husband before we were married, my father wasn't too pleased about that, but we are together and that relationship is very solid. So that's an example where, was that your question where somebody might've questioned my choices? Yeah, because I want to lead this into how can people use their intuition to make these informed, grounded decisions that may or may not make sense to other people, but you know what you know. Sure. Well, that's been a lot of my life. So I would say that when I was a new occupational therapist, even though there's a lot of aspects of the profession I love and I still have my license and I actually have basically a continuing education company and teach a lot of occupational therapists. I got very burnt out early on and I stopped working as an OT after a couple of years and I went to a holistic health center and I started working at the front desk. In fact, I started waiting tables and then became the host and the bookkeeper at my now husband's restaurant. And I think there were people in my life who were like, I mean, most people were really supportive, but some people just didn't understand. Now, here you are, you have a professional degree, your earning potential is really wonderful. (laughs) You know, you can have this great job with all the benefits and all of that. And I did work in some of those environments again. However, it felt limited to me. I felt I needed more freedom with how I work with people. And so I've been self-employed for over 20 years. And I think some of my friends, when I left my last hospital job, that was 2005, almost 20 years ago. I think some people questioned, why would you give up that sort of status, if you will? Because it was a job that a lot of people wanted and I was very honored to have it. And why would you give up that great salary and that consistent paycheck? But I just couldn't do it. I was having anxiety. And so that's where also sometimes fear and anxiety can steer you in the right direction. That's an example. You know, sometimes we think that fear and anxiety is a barrier and certainly that can be left over from trauma. It can be a conditioned response. And sometimes it's actually wanting to guide you down that path or river or stream in a way that really supports you in your life. And for me, that was the case. Yeah. So would you say for our listeners to use their intuition to make grounded choices Is it just about going inward and trying to not think about what everybody else wants for you and their beliefs and their values and their opinions, but just to go inward and say, what do I need to be happy and healthy? Well, I think that's going to be different for each person. And I also think that those examples that I've given you is when I was a single younger woman. And so I didn't have children that I needed to consider. I didn't have a spouse who I needed to wrap into that decision-making. So I would say that if you're going to be making choices, absolutely consider the people in your life. 
And there are times where people might be, for example, in a relationship, whether they're married or not, or in a job or going to school or on some type of path with education, or maybe not going to school, whatever it is where it just doesn't feel right anymore. So then you really want to ask yourself, is it really for my highest good and greatest joy to continue with this relationship? Is this path really the best path for me to go on? And I do think that, again, it's individual. I think that it's good to consider all of your options and really kind of flush out. So for example, if it's a relationship, absolutely, I think, you know, give it all you can to make it go if that's what you want. But if you're really finding this is not satisfying me anymore, I'm growing in ways and my friend or partner or spouse is just not growing with me and I've given it a lot of time and I've really given it the space for it to flower and grow so that we can grow together, then that's really a decision that each person needs to make in their own time when they're ready to do that on if they choose to separate or how they might transform the relationship. Because sometimes it isn't always all or nothing. It could be that the relationship, something about transforms the dynamic and how it functions. Do you do personal coaching with people? Like it seems to me, yes, this is I do. individualized. And so could somebody come to you and say, look, I've been unhappy. I've been working with these things. I'd like to get to develop my intuition better. Is that something you do? Yes, I absolutely work as an intuitive coach and as a healer as well, an intuitive healer. And so absolutely, that's something I've been doing for quite a while. And I also have group classes that people find can be beneficial. And I'm likely going to be starting up some practice groups so that people can play with it and get support with like-minded people as well. So with the people that you've worked with, what are the most common challenges for people that kind of stop them from really connecting deeply with themselves? I think you mentioned at the beginning of our time together, that piece around trauma. And I think people can get in their own way of feeling that they're allowing the negativity really to stop them is what I see. But I think most people want to transform that. I think most people want to heal from that. They just maybe don't always know how. And so I feel like with the method, if you will, I mean, I haven't created this, but this is sort of a conclusion I've come to is that it really is a process of healing wounds while also diving deeper into that pearl or diamond, that light deep within you. And I think that one of the other barriers is that people don't always take enough time for themselves in ways that are truly healing and nurturing. I think more and more people want to do that, but people can quite frankly be (laughs) lazy or feel apathetic. And apathy and complacency can also, not always, but it may be a symptom of some unresolved grief, loss, trauma, or depression. And so I just want to encourage people that if you're wanting to make changes and you need support to reach out possibly to some type of therapist or coach or myself, or maybe consider taking Amy's wonderful programs to realize that you're worth it. And that when you invest in yourself that way, you're going to have a better relationship with yourself. You're going to feel better in your body, in your mind, your spirit, You're going to create, manifest, and attract more situations in your life that are truly soul satisfying for you. And in my experience, it's happening to me and has happened in ways that are almost even beyond my wildest dreams right now of the various 
ways that I'm able to help people and some of the people I'm able to connect with and kind of amplify how we all can really be happier and healthier. I mean, I think Patanjali in the Yoga Sutra says this, that every time you go deeper towards your true nature, it's like a new vista. And then you have a whole new view to see what's possible. And then you go deeper and then you get to another vista. And I just love that imagery because what we think is potential for us from our current perspective right now, which might be disconnected from our true self, is such a different viewpoint than what could be possible in five or 10 years. And, you know, sometimes I work with a lot of golfers and they'll say, isn't that just positive thinking? I said, no, it's not just brainwashing yourself to be positive and I'm loving and I'm kind and I'm not judgmental. Like that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about deep, deep work where you settle into yourself on a regular basis, as you keep saying, Emmy, and you get to know yourself and you get to trust yourself. Like nothing could be further from the truth to say that's like a spiritual bypass or no, this is real work. Like we have to take time for ourselves and carve it out. And a lot of us don't think we have that kind of time, but yeah. we have to find it. Exactly. Yeah. You're reading my mind or I'm reading yours. I was just going to say that people think they don't have time to do this and we all have the same amount of time. And I get it. There are moments in life where there are more components in your life that need more attention than other times. And if you want to really connect more deeply with yourself, you have to nurture that relationship and take the time to do it. So when I was jumping on the parking lot freeway of interstate 94, going into Minneapolis, I was not very connected to myself as much as I could be. I would actually get very connected when I worked with the patients because I needed to be. The job demanded that I do that in order to do my work, but I wasn't very friendly with myself. And so now, and I'm not perfect with my health. I certainly don't want to come off like that. I have things that still challenge me and ways for me to go deeper. And like you say, have more vistas in my life for sure. I have developed a daily practice where I meditate, do yoga asanas, do some physical exercise and quiet myself and really connect with my loving nature because it's very easy to just jump into the day and maybe be frustrated about some email or phone call from somebody the day previously, or maybe somebody said or looked at you funny you know, at the coffee shop or whatever to kind of stay with those feelings. But we want to cleanse the palate. And I have found that I'm able to be more in alignment with myself and my own spirituality. And I know that yoga does this and connecting with intuition, which I would say very much is yoga. I mean, it's the inner cosmos with the outer cosmos, the union with the divine. It's really the same thing that we can feel more peace and joy and connect with what really matters to us in life versus what we think matters. I mean, sometimes what we think matters does matter, but sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> One of the themes that I'm hearing through almost everything you're saying today that I just want to use this as our last question before we tell people how they can get to know you more and get your book and take classes. But the theme that I keep hearing is there needs to be like a, a really raw, authentic honesty with ourselves because like just to be real, not to try to make things seem like they're not, that's going to get us nowhere. There's an honesty that's required in this work. What do you think? 
I agree with you. Like I mentioned, I believe that intuition is the truth. So you're right. We need to be honest with ourselves. Notice how you are honest or dishonest with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that it's very much about connecting with your authentic self, your authenticity. And for some people that can feel very scary because they might say, I don't really know who I am. Well, right. that really is a big part of the journey in life, isn't it? Who are we? Why are we here? Where do we go after we're here? <laughs> how did I get here? <laughs> and keep asking those questions and you will find answers. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to bring up, we have a YouTube version of this that always comes out a few months after the audio version. Our Patreon supporters get to see it right away. But if people want to see this interview, they can. So your website here is emmyvadnais.com. And it says Emmy Vadnas, holistic healing, intuitive coach, holistic occupational therapist, align with the divine, transform pain and anxiety into peace and joy. Is there anything about your website that you want to direct us to upcoming things or? Yeah, I think that if you keep scrolling down, you'll see that I'm teaching a class how to trust your inner knowing class. And if you scroll all the way back up to the top, Amy, you'll see that there's an intuitive development class link at the very, very top. And so I'm going to be teaching an intuitive development class up. You go up a little bit more right there next to coaching. Yeah. If you click on that, you'll see a page. And so this is where I offer group time with people. We meet live interactive over zoom and you will learn how you intuit exercises and fun, pleasurable activities where you can connect with your intuition and also helps with your health. You know, one thing I didn't outright say, and I'll mention it now is that I discovered how many of the methods that help a person connect with their intuition also can help with staying well, recovery and prevention of disease. So, and I know you know all about this, Amy, so various forms of like meditation, different activities, you know, if you're thinking, oh, I'm not sure I want to start a meditation practice. Well, we all meditate. You know, if you go out and just sit in nature, it may be one of your favorite spots or imagine being someplace in nature and just enjoying being there. That's meditation. So the other thing I want to share with our listeners is your podcast called Healing Connections Podcast with Emmy Vadness. And... Yeah. So this is archived now. I actually had new episodes for over a year because I'm now a co-host on another program called New Thinking Aloud. Mm, okay. Wonderful. But I do see a yoga person here, Foundations of Whole Person Care with Arlene Schmidt. Isn't she a yoga person? Yes, she is. Yes. She was my last person I interviewed in 2022 on Healing Connections. Yes. She's out of Fort Collins and she is an occupational therapist who has done original research on how yoga can help with health and rehabilitation sciences And she also oversees many doctoral students. So her name is, I think, on over 100 research papers now on yoga and health. Yeah, she's fantastic. So what was the name of the new podcast that you're a co-host on? Oh, sure. I'm a co-host on New Thinking Aloud with Jeffrey Mishlove. So that's a YouTube channel, and it's also on podcast channels as well. Well, thank you for coming today, Emmy. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person in the next year sometime. I'm sure we can get together and have a tea and maybe take a walk around a lake in Minneapolis or St. Paul. Sounds wonderful, Amy. So nice to connect with you. And I hope that this has inspired some of your listeners today. Thank you for having me.
Thank you. My pleasure. I want to thank Emmy for joining us today. And I hope those of you that are interested in enhancing your intuitive nature, your deeper self-connection will consider reading her book or maybe taking a class with her. Here at Optimal State, we have another way to help you do this. And some of you were really helpful when we launched our Optimal State mobile app, what, a year ago? And you were our beta testers and you helped us figure out all the bugs. And now it is Optimal State app 2.0. You can get it on the iPhone store or Android. And basically it's a way to check in with yourself on a regular basis and track how you're feeling. So you can take a mental emotional assessment. You can take a, I'm showing this on the screen, a burnout assessment. You can take a physical body assessment. You can take a pain assessment. You can take a body image assessment. And the really cool thing is that when you take these different assessments and check in with yourself, then you can go to your history And you can see that for the last week or so, I have been very, very deeply connected to myself. I've been in my gold zone or in yoga, we call that sattva. There's been a few days and times that I've been a little bit out of balance, but mostly I've been there. And another really helpful thing is, I don't know if you can really see this super well, but I can see I wake up in gold zone from 6 to 10 a.m. every morning. Usually I'm still pretty good in the morning. I start to have a little bit of pitta and a little bit of kapha coming on, but watch what happens in the afternoon. Boom, now I start to get tired. And so you can go through every one of your charts and you can look at, okay, my burnout in the afternoon from 2 to 6 p.m., woo, Now I'm starting to lose some of my sattva and I can go all through the day. Oh boy. Now we get to six to 10 PM. (laughs) That, uh, that pitta has come on that, that burning and it goes all the different times of day. So the other cool thing is we have interventions for you to help prevent getting out of balance and getting disconnected from your deeper self. We have music, we have yoga exercises, we have meditations, we have breathings, we have so many different ways to help you stay in balance. So I would love for you to go, you can have a three week free trial with the app on Android and iPhone. And I'd love for you to go give it a try. And just watch when do you get in balance? When do you get out of balance? What can you do to stay in balance? And in a probably a month or so, we're going to start adding yoga nidras to the app. We're going to start adding classes to the app so that we can be in community with you and really help you stay in balance and stay connected to your deeper self, just like yoga says. That is called the Optimal State mobile app, and I hope you'll check it out. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. A special thank you to our team here at Optimal State. We are truly a global family. George Mantuan, one of our executive producers. Adam Satchel, senior media producer and sound engineer from the Philippines. Krishna Panchal, a producer from Canada. Modupe Abdullahi, who does the show notes and is an editor for us from Nigeria. 
and Peter Morley, who wrote and produced the music for this show, who lives in Australia. Find more about Peter's work at www.zenmusic.biz. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.